And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, Dr. John Vance. Hello. Well, it's nice to have you here again. Pastor Vance, thank you so much for coming. Um, Today we have an interesting discussion on the table. It's concerning the Christian man in the home. It's really a series of discussions, God willing, that we'll be having regarding the Christian man in the home, the Christian man in the church, and the Christian man in general in society. But uh, it seems that the home is really um, a very fundamental entity, and if we get the home right, it naturally flows to uh, society and to the church. And so uh, to get us started, perhaps what we could do is just simply describe the Christian man in the home. What does he look like in kind of high-level terms? Well, one of the uh, places that I go to deal with, uh, let's say, a very practical and pragmatic uh, matter such as uh, the relationship of the man in the home to the other family members, is to start out where the Bible starts with men or man. Mm. And that is, of course, in the uh, Garden of Eden where God created. Mm. And I had a professor one time, Dan, who said to me, a Hebrew professor, and I've always remembered this. He said, if you can't find your doctrine or at least the seeds of your doctrine in the first three chapters of Genesis, Mm. you better throw it out. That's interesting, yeah. Uh, And so starting in the first three chapters of Genesis, of course, we have the creation of men and women, and we're primarily probably going to be talking about the relationship of the man in the home with respect to his wife and his children. Mm. And uh, Christianity calls that, if you will, later on, that's, that's the covenant unit. Yes. That is the unit that God has established, and uh, that is the unit that God has made promises to through Abraham and finally through Peter on the day of of Pentecost when he Mm -hmm. says, I'll be a God to you and to your children. And he does say as many as are far off, but primarily focusing on the family. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the family, uh, we do have to go back uh, not only to Abraham, but all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 in in Mm -hmm. verses uh, 26-27, where God created male and female, and he created them in his image. So, we are dealing here, uh, as much as anything, with the, what the image of God is, and both men and women are in the image of God. Is there any lesson right away uh, regarding the order of creation? Oh, I think so. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's no accident that the man was created first, and then the woman, which was taken from him. And I think right away you can see that with respect to both being in the image of God, there's no distinction as to their being. In philosophy, you call that ontology, their existence, uh, their worth in the sight of God. So when we talk about the existence or life of a male or the existence or life of a woman, they are equal. They are. Make no mistake about it. And so even though there's an order there in creation, it does not imply that one is better than the other. Or greater than the other. Or greater, yeah. But there is a distinction to be made in role simply because yeah. uh, the man was created first. So there is a distinction in role, mm-hmm. and uh, that's really what we're talking about. What is the role of the man in the family? And um, what is important, I think, in Genesis there, too, is that that God creates the family when he creates them male and female. Mm-hmm. 
So the family is not just a human, if you will, wise organization. It's rooted in nature. Mm -hmm. It's the way God made things, and he made them male and female. Interesting uh, language there in Hebrew. uh, The name for the man is Ish, and the the woman is Shah, and it means uh, something like that. I may not have the quite uh, relying on my Hebrew. Um, But the first one means he who pierces, Mm. and the second one is he who is pierced, or she who is pierced. So therefore, right away, we see the functionality of the language. Oh, yeah. That a family is is established and to create, if you will, to have Mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. No question. So we are talking about, uh, and legitimately so, the man in the family. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned children. What a blessing it was for my wife and I, finally, to to have children. I'll never forget it, and certainly she'll never forget it, having gone through <laughs> delivery and all, and uh, with, with with four children. And um, children, and I think we mentioned it last week, are truly a, a blessing from the Lord. They're like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Uh, and it kind of, um, in many cases, I could say it, it rounds out the family, if you will. Indeed, uh the great passage which says children are a heritage from the lord yeah. uh, i love to remember that i, I have two children two yeah. daughters and i yeah. look at them and i i look at them often and i say here is my heritage amen to that they oh, will yes. be around likely after i am gone and yes. they will be carrying on whatever i have been and my yeah. wife has been in this earthly life they are yes. our heritage yes and and i like to think of the notion that my kids, my children, will likely accomplish more than I did in this life because, you know, we're faithful to Christ. We hand the baton of faith onto them, mm-hmm. and now they have that foundation, and so they can go a little further. Well, in, I think you and I uh, hope that our children accomplish so. more than you and I have accomplished <laughs> in life. <laughs> I hope so. You've accomplished a lot more than you think well, you have, though, Dan. I don't I'll know tell about you, but. that. But the, the Christian home, and so we're t- – We're talking about this from a Christian perspective, and it's not that we're trying to impose the Christian home on non-Christians, but um, speak for a minute before our break. um, Are there some principles that we learn from the Judeo-Christian ethic that just naturally help uh, the non-Christian home as well? Well, what what I think you see in the early chapters of Genesis, uh, that is that the family is a natural institution, just Mm -hmm. like trees and stones and whatever else is part of nature. God makes us a part of nature, and Mm -hmm. it is natural for a home to consist of a father and a mother. Mm. And and where you don't find that, of course, we, we know there are problems, and we'll get into that. But nature does teach that the family is of a certain way, and if we disobey nature, guess what? We become uh, very much caught up in all kinds of problems of our own making because we refuse to follow what is natural. And God created that. Now, on the other hand, I am not going to sit here in uh, great judgment. I'm going to judge some, let me tell you. But I'm not not going to condemn people who Mm -hmm. are not Christians and all the dysfunction. Paul does say – you are to judge matters inside, and, and, of course, the world does. We must make that distinction. But when the world does not follow that which is natural, and we see it in the creation in the Bible, mm-hmm. then, of course, there are going to be social problems and even psychological problems. Yeah, indeed. 
Today we're talking about the Christian man in the home, and uh, we need to take a short break. This program is called A Plain Answer. A quick reminder that it is up on our website. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and in the studio with me today, Dr. John Vance. Now, um, we just talked about briefly uh, the creation of man and woman back in the Garden of Eden, and it's uh, really a a natural institution. Now, what about uh, roles? Um, Can you help me here? Well, coming along with the way God created things... You know, everything follows its own nature. The Bible says after its own kind. And when he he formed the family, it is the first and primary institution. And in some sense, being first, the family is in some ways takes priority over the church and over the state mm. or society. Mm-hmm. But in order for the family to be the family, there are different roles in the family. The children have a role. It's not that of the parents. The father has a role. It's not that of the mother. Mm-hmm. The mother has a role. It's not that of the father. And the parents have a role, and it's not that of the children. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, God has created man or father, mother, children, and they have their roles. And to confuse those roles means that you're injecting some dysfunction within the family. Now, this can happen in the Christian family, too, when we do not uh, follow uh, what God has created. So mm-hmm. make no mistake, when I say the world uh, is admitting dysfunction when it refuses to follow nature, believe me, there are Christians who do not follow the way God has created things mm-hmm. as well, and we get into trouble. Now, as we talk about this today, i I got to state the obvious, and that is, um, for myself at least, I have not arrived. So we're going to be talking about uh, what God has to say about the Christian man in the home as imperfect men ourselves. Because one of the things we want to talk about, perhaps, is um, husbands' responsibility to um, lead their wives right, and lead their children. And um, 
I do that imperfectly. Well, due to sin, there's a certain disorder in everything that we do. So yeah. we never arrive at perfection. Mm-hmm. We only are on the way, so to speak. We're mm-hmm. trying uh, to the be- to do the best we can by the grace of God. And you and I both will not claim anything more than that. Yeah, and I look back maybe <laughs> 10, 20 years, and I think, oh, if only I could have done that different. You know, <laughs> if only I had that opportunity presented to me again. Um, let me give you one right away. Um, instead of hiding in my study on a Saturday, preparing a Sunday school lesson, I would have been out playing ball with my boys. No doubt that would you have been it? a great priority to it have remembered. Have. Yeah, yeah. And so, in other words, it's not always the right thing to do to um, prepare your Sunday school lesson on a Saturday when your boys desperately need you there as their father playing catch with them. As I used to hear uh, a (laughs) famous evangelist say, he says um, to to the students in his college, he used to say to them, if you're praying when you've got a lesson to be done and turned in, you're out of order. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we come at this uh, today as, as, or I do at least, as very imperfect. And um, But then again, because we're older now, we can perhaps share some things that will uh, help alleviate some of the difficulties, too, that the Christian man may go through in his home. You know, a passage of Scripture that is very informative in the New Testament is uh, Paul's famous passage, and uh, I I hope the hearers will read this on their own, but Mm. there is a wonderful passage in Ephesians. The more I study the book of Ephesians, the more I realize that it is uh, foundational not only for the church, but it is foundational for the yeah. family. Yes. And in chapter 5, there's that famous passage that begins uh, in, uh, at least in my Bible, the, the paragraphs. You know, the Bible does not have verses and paragraphs in the original, but mm-hmm. we divide it up and do that for convenience sake. Uh, but in my paragraph, it begins with wives. Uh, however, that passage no doubt should include verse 21 as well in chapter 5, because the whole passage is about submission. And there is a general rule here of of men and women that uh, they should submit uh, to one another. Hmm. But also that takes over in the church, too. No matter if you're an elder or leader in the church, you you, you must, too, submit to your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Yes. And um, as I was referring to uh, before, I remember treating my older daughter unfairly on one occasion and I first didn't know it mm-hmm. but when I found out that I had treated her very unfairly and that she was right and I was wrong uh, I submitted myself to her and asked her for forgiveness mm-hmm. and I can remember doing so with tears in my eyes and telling her how sorry I was that mm-hmm. I had accused her of doing things that she did not do mm-hmm. and so in life, humility requires that we submit to one another. We never should be too big for our britches, so to speak. That's it, yeah. But on the other hand, the next verse does say that there is a relationship between men and women that is not the same. Men have their role, and women have their role. And if I understand the New Testament, the father has a role somewhat from the top down and the mother from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. Mother's uh, great gifts and biological, if you will, equipped through nature uh, in God's creation, is to nurture. Men uh, have often a much more 
aggressive, direct approach, a commanding approach. More of a prophetic yes, type, type yes, of approach. Yes, that's a good way yeah. to put it. And therefore, uh, they have a different role, and both are necessary. Mm-hmm. And men uh, are placed, in, not only in creation, but in the language of the Apostle Paul here, as being the head of the family. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting, too, and another thing we were sharing before we opened the mic, that it does say that the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. And I'm thinking about the Trinity, how that there's a working order there, and yet it's not that um, God the Father is greater than God the Son or greater than the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and yet we see this working order. And it's interesting to me that he uses this term that Christ is the head of the church, and yet it doesn't violate the nature of God himself. Um, God as to his internal being, they yeah, are equal. They are. But they are not equal as what the Eastern Orthodox call, I love the word, economy. Mm-hmm. In in the course of time, God does, even the Son is subordinate to the Father. And that is not unnatural, that is not unfair uh, in any way or unjust, uh, but it works that way. And and I submit myself to others. For instance, I have a presbytery that I submit myself to. Right. I'm not in charge, uh, but it does not in any way take away from my being mm-hmm. uh, or my importance in, in, in my role. Sometimes as we read this portion here in Ephesians that you pointed out, uh, right away we we go on the um, defensive, I think, uh, and, and we realize, oh, people are going to be thinking um, that that we believe in some kind of a harsh male figure telling his wife what to do, taking advantage of his wife. And, of course, um, I feel that we do have to answer that. That's nothing of the sort, because um, as we read down through this passage, all of a sudden we come across this teaching that a husband is to love his wife. And the analogy is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. And you only need to reflect for a little while how Christ loved his church. And you realize, whoa, wait a minute. He loved his church to the point of death. I mean, he poured out his life's blood for his church. He gave himself yeah. entirely, yeah. wholly, yeah. Uh, for, the, for the welfare of the church. Therefore, the husband who loves his wife will, will give of himself wholly mm-hmm. for his family, for his wife, and for his children. Yeah, and when that is not done, at least to some degree, just look at, look at the the disordered, the dysfunction, whatever you want to call it, that happens in the family. You know, we we wonder why so many young males grow up so violent. Yes. We often trace this to the fact that there's an that the family is absent a father. In other words, the family was dysfunctional or disordered or malformed. From the very beginning. Mm. It doesn't mean that's not some kind of family, but it is not the kind of family that is best for children. And studies, sociological studies, have been done by a number of major universities. Uh, I'm thinking of the uh, Professor Papanow down at Rutgers, who did many of these studies, uh, points out that, that an absent father does not allow a male child particularly to grow up in the family and have a role model for what is maleness, what is a man, and and, uh, having all of the hormones and uh, so forth of being male, uh, it's that maleness or that uh, child turns 
uh, aggressive mm-hmm. and is much more violent. And, and, and violent males, uh, children, uh, are mostly found in, in homes where there's no father. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm thinking about a quote here I found online. It says this, The husband is the head of the household, and the household is the nursery of both the church and the state. I really liked that concept as I came across it and pondered it. The idea of being a nursery, feeding into the church, feeding into the state these uh, these good churchmen, these good citizens that want to honor God in all that they do. Well, I think that is, is such an important matter. Uh, what is the role of the family? The family is the basis of... For society, in every mm. society, that's that's sociologically true, but it's biblically true. And and you look at the church, uh, churches like ours that have a sense of covenant, yeah, uh, that God's promises us to and our children. We don't count uh, members as individuals so much as we count them as family units, mm. because we recognize that the family is the basis of the fellowship of the saints. That concept is so sweet to me. You know, we're Calvinistic, and yet that in and of itself uh, is is barren without the idea, notion, and without the truth of covenant. It's really God's covenant love, his covenant mercies. It's like the Heavenly Father takes his arm, puts his arms around this whole family. And, and without the covenant, I really think, I'm going to be very honest and open, I really think that Calvinism is somewhat barren, if you don't have the idea and notion of the covenant. Amen to that. The, mm. uh, uh, isn't it amazing that God adopts us into his family? Yes. We're called his sons and his daughters. Th- this is all about the love that flows from a triune God, and one who sends his son to lay down his life for his people and loves us so much that he actually gives us specific children into our homes to raise in the nurture and admonition of of Christ himself. It's, it's true. It's a beautiful Amen thing. Yes, it is. Well, as Christian men, we have wives. Uh, we are responsible to lead our wives and our children. I mentioned before, we will do it imperfectly. I don't want to do it imperfectly, but the fact is I do. And um, the example you gave, Pastor Vance, um, sometimes it, we have to eat humble pie and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Those are very powerful words to to learn to say. I'm and, sorry. I yeah, was wrong. and the, and the kind of leadership we're talking about here uh, is rooted in servanthood. You know, yeah. there is male headship in in uh, some religions, and I can think of one in particular. Uh, and in some uh, cultures, uh, and there are many uh, historically, where the man becomes domineering. Mm-hmm. And he dominates the situation. He becomes a dictator, if you will. Right. That certainly is not the picture that the Bible offers either. It is one of self-giving as a servant. It is. Yeah. And so in one sense, uh, we, we, if you will, exercise our authority through humility, and we do not exercise it through power. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I'm looking at the clock here, and this time has gone very quickly. Uh, It's time for a wrap-up thought today. We're talking about the Christian man in the home. And I thought maybe what we could do is uh, have a wrap-up thought and then close by reading um, this section from Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 through all the way through verse 32. 
Well, if I were to summarize this, uh, the greatest need we have today is for men to be men and women to be women so that the family might be wholesome and mm-hmm. healthy and produce the kind of fruit that it is necessary uh, to, if you will, realize God's blessings. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And I am going to just read a part of this um, these scripture verses here today. It says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And that's kind of a segue, I think, into next week's discussion as we talk about Christian men in the church. John, I think you had one more thought. Yes, I was reflecting on that as you read, and and what uh, male leadership there is talking about, and, and what what it realizes is that love here is the key. It makes the woman one flesh in the family. It also, the male loves the woman's body as he does his own. So love is making a certain equality there that is important for the family to function properly. Yeah, no question. Thanks for that thought. Today we've been talking about Christian men in the home. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Here with me in the studio is Dr. John Vance. Check out this broadcast up on our website. It's listed there as a podcast. We're found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. And a reminder to join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 